0: You're listening to Giraffe Kings Network.
1: Folks, Mother's Day is around the corner, and let me talk to you about 1-800-Flowers. I can't wait. Every year to tradition, I send stuff to my mother, my mother-in-law, and my wife because they are three amazing moms. They're better than all your moms out there. You think you have good moms? No, I have good moms in my life. I'm just kidding. This was a little harsh. I'm sure you guys all have good moms too. From your mom to the mother of your children and all the moms in between, this Mother's Day, give back to the ones that have given you everything. 1-800-Flowers helps you celebrate all amazing moms from homemade bouquets, sweet treats, gourmet food, and one-of-a-kind gifts, ordered easily and delivered fresh. For a limited time, you can save up to 40% off Mother's Day bestsellers at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Don't wait. Order today and save up to 40% at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan.
2: Trademarks owned by Beckley. SAB the CV. Copyright 2024. Proximo. Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. Get ready
3: for the greatest roast of all time The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
4: This is the Dan Labatar Show with the Stu Gats Podcast.
3: sorry. Greg Cody of the Miami Herald is skyrocketing. Look at him intoxicated by the sound of his own voice of his own sneezes. Uh, he is so delighted with himself. Can I get an update please? Chris Cody on the PFPI gala. What were the annoying things your father did last night? It was a big hit. It's sponsored now. It's got its own sponsorship. Again, for those of you who do not know, do we have video of this? We must have pictures somewhere of Greg Cody in a suit that I'm guessing is from 1974 that he breaks out just for the gala. Uh, It seems like an old suit. It is a bit rumpled. And uh, it is in a living room that feels like I've been in that living room. It's a lovely living room. But it looks on camera like it's also stuck in 1980.
1: The love seat they have behind him is like my mom's mom. It's like an old. An looking chair. I mean, it's a love seat. That's enough
0: line. right there.
3: Yeah, uh, Tony, why are you laughing in Greg Cody's face about his home? It makes me think of, like, this is really dark, but it makes me think of, like, a funeral home where you have,
5: like, mismatched pieces.
3: Look at it! Look, you tell me! (laughs) Look at how proud... That
5: (laughs) that that. love seat that
1: you can see the corner of was made in 1942. Like, Hawk has that in his funeral home. Yes.
2: Okay, in fairness, Jumpin' Charlie ravaged the love seat. It used to be in better shape than it is upholstery-wise.
3: Okay, but this is a photograph that looks like it was taken the way that they used to take photographs with a old gunpowder and a 1920s West... <laughs> Underneath a curtain. You, yeah, you pull a chain. <laughs> you pull a chain. Like, those people would never understand that you have thousands of these now in your phone. <laughs> your great-grandfather looks like... The, your great-grandfather... Your great-grandfather. <laughs> that is a photo. You tell me I'm wrong. That photo from the PFPI gala looks like something that was taken in a saloon in the 1880s back when photography was being uh, you know rounded into shape
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is embarrassing it looks like an old timey dig- dig- so, what do they call it daguerreotype
3: you're, you're holding a trophy here did you win you win uh, or you I'm a
2: nine-time the- champion uh but I did not win this year no
3: you were the commissioner, yeah, and you're am. you are awarding yep. the trophy, yeah. And this, what are the Chris? What were the most mockable details from last night? Well, the entire
1: thing. <laughs> I mean, we replayed. There's like a 10 minute clip on the Greg Cody show if you want to listen to it. It's just my dad having a self serious monologue while the the room is just having conversations. Like people aren't. Like you just hear my mom and my uh, my my mom and my wife just talking about their plans like on Wednesday. Was it
3: recorded just, for the podcast? Did you get fresh audio? We for, recorded
1: it and then I had to go through it and tighten it because there's a lot of dead air in the you know a lot of times
3: your father forgets he's performing and just gets lost in the he, romance and nostalgia of his own breath.
1: He always gets mad at me because I make fun of how he reads. Like he's up there just in front of his family. Like he could just be like, "We had fun. Thanks for everyone. Like you, you came in fifth. You can, He's up there literally having pages of like a written out speech That's correct? Glad and it's just I. like a boy in his te- like 40 years ago a boy and it's like <laughs> it's just so awkward and he reads and then he gets mad when I make fun he's like I'm
2: clearly reading look there's this like it's like I know <laughs> and he's, he's just, accusing me of reading when it's so no, obvious I'm not I'm accusing
1: reading. you I'm making fun of you for reading okay it is what it is I take my speech seriously. I have to go over several statistics. It's the same categories. speech every year though. Like you just fill in like the standings? No, everything changes. It starts every year with a boy had a dream.
2: Well, you know, in, in a corner bedroom. Uh, I'm telling you, it's the same speech every year. 1940. That's where the uh the coffee can incident happened as well, Again with which the was coffee right can. around the same time PFPI was born in circa 1968-69. <laughs> And it survives all this time. It's a phenomenon. It's the best family football prediction league in America. That's probably true. And and uh, and and we run it. I run a tight ship. Okay, I'm a commissioner, and I take the title seriously. You let my six year old daughter in.
1: You let my six year old daughter in. I know. In and, and
2: what did she do? She was the co rookie of the year. We had one rookie win. There was the two championship rookies, and and the other rookie has seventeen all right, please, unique kids. Listen, please. Please. 17 unique hits. Yeah, please, the please. record is 18 by Ruth's raccoons. Peace, Ruth. May she rest in peace. Who won?
1: That's, that's my dad's mom who passed away, who used to ask us when we got back from golf, who won? Even though I always won.
2: <laughs> Christopher would always beat me and Uncle Dick by 25 strokes, and Nana would say, who won? Every time I we watched who in. won once a week. <laughs> What? Uh,
1: so that's who Roost Raccoons. Let me. And now she has an award named in her honor. Let yep. me
3: tell you why I'm laughing so hard. Okay, because your father is now full on delirious. Okay, drunk on fame and ego, just laughed in the face of local icon Ron McGill for an honor that is local icon worthy. Just laughed in his face.
2: Yeah, the Arbuckles Hall of Fame. You don't Our get it, man. Oh, sorry. I was thinking of Fatty Arbuckle.
3: I was, too? What are the chances?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that support. What I was
3: going to say, Chris, is your father, drunk off of Las Vegas success, book success, podcast soaring, was just happier and more intoxicated by the sound of his own voice when you just simply asked him, give me information about your Lobos and that league. That is your father at maximum interest in sports at this point. Correct. Look at how ha- look at how happy he is with that league, with writing his notes, with keeping his stats. I If I were to take from your father... Yeah.
2: Podcast having a great week, by the way. Greg Cody show. Uh, I could write a book about PFPI and might. Featuring Greg Cody. Yeah, with...
3: Your podcast is, don't write that book. is very popular, but you love talking about this stupid league. Stupid?
2: It's a family tradition. They get only me, want to know, Hank, why do you drink?
3: Jeremy, uh, please go sit in the penalty box again. Jeremy, can you... Uh, Actually, go this time. Give I thought it. you and were talking back. to me. Fatty Arbuckle, can you tell me when he died? 1933, Dan.
5: Okay. Also, you. first famously first uh, actor to ever be canceled. Really? What? Yeah. September 1921, Arbuckle was accused of sexually assaulting and accidentally killing actress Virginia Rapp at a party in San Francisco. Yeah, damn cancel culture.
3: It's been around forever. Forgive me, because uh, Greg Cody has been distracting today. But since you spoke of cancel culture, it made me think of Kid Rock being in the news this weekend. That story was uh, uh, delightful. So the name of the tour is You Cannot Cancel America, correct?
4: Cancel America Tour. and Co-headlined Kid Rock, Jason Aldean. Because
3: they are going to profit off of the—there is an absolute lane here for if you are the person who shoots up Bud Light beer cans and hurts their business, you two can uh, ride the embers of late rock star flame. Well, I don't know what you two is doing. It would be weird if they were on this (laughs) I know what they were doing. You also— you also can rise to... Kid Rock is making his tour relevant, at least in part because of his politics. And he had to cancel New York shows. Why?
4: He didn't have to cancel New York shows. I I guess the question is why they... Why they scheduled them to begin with. But yeah. So the You Can't Cancel America tour, co-headlined by Jason Aldean and Kid Rock, actually canceled on parts of America. They decided... All these New York dates, we're not going to do them because New York State has the gall to have a free and fair trial against Donald Trump and find him guilty. Accountability, it's, it's like not the favorite thing of public conservatives, especially MAGA conservatives. But yeah, that's where we are right now, that they don't even see the irony in doing this. And for all their complaints about cancel culture, I mean, what if liberals actually successfully canceled? without the person acknowledging, yeah, I did that, I'll just go away. We couldn't even like stick up for Chick-fil-A. It's too damn delicious. Like we 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 couldn't keep our ground there. But the 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 liberals don't actually have canceling power, especially if the right are just going to lift up people that have been canceled and make them heroes. We I think we've seen time and time again that this is a totally made up thing, except for when the right does it. Because it actually goes somewhere when the right does it. And it makes Bud Light reach out to Shane Gillis and and Joe Rogan to try to overcorrect.
3: And and UFC. Yeah, to try to
4: market correct what has happened. Peyton Manning, it's a very concerted effort right now by Bud Light on how to get uncancelled. And part of their strategy is just say... Just have Joe Rogan say on his show because they're now a sponsor. Well, they figured it out. They're not a problem anymore, guys. The only people that actually we saw with Target, the only side that is actually doing real canceling, effective canceling, is the right.
3: I was thinking about this the other day because I've seen how Louis C.K. is flourishing now. And it it was, you know, he's one of the best to ever do it. And then a long time ago, he had a different business model that was trying to connect to it with his fans, getting rid of all of the brokers and just selling directly to fans. And he has circumvented through popular, unpopular polarizing. He now exists in a space where he and Shane Gillis and all of these top 100 podcasts that have been birthed in and around the Joe Rogan universe, um, he is now somebody who is wildly, wildly popular again and can exist with total freedom in this great space where the top 100 comedy podcasts reside, where it feels like a free speech space. It's like, who is monitoring these people? They can say whatever they want. This doesn't seem like a cancelable thing, and now they can like that's that is a space that's getting yeah. a lot of a lot of traction in this that's industry. Bad.
4: People love the uh, the the illusion of someone's trying to to stop me from telling you how it is. I've seen that for all these supposed free thinkers, they sure would follow any shirtless former MMA star with a podcast off a cliff. Yeah, that's where we are. That's because it's
3: a lot easier. F- not it's a lot easier. Well, just, he just makes Burt Kreischer and Ben Sh- and the Schaub guy. Like, no, just, it's a, it's yeah, No, no, no. Schaub
4: Conservatives care about trafficking, human trafficking, until Andrew Tate is one of them. That's correct. Allegedly. Whoa.
0: No. Not yeah. Let's <laughs> not.
4: Let's not, not,
3: <laughs> not. You got to say that. You got to do it in the this voice. voice. The gacky voice. Ah. Hey,
4: it's Mike Ryan. I've been watching sports for a long time now. As an adult, a lot has changed. A lot has changed since I turned 21 in the world. But once I was able to enjoy sports with the wonderful taste of Miller Lite, I knew that there was no topping this. I mean, I think back then, instant replay was barely used in other sports outside of football. So, when I wanted to complain about referees, I would get all mad, and then I would take a sip of that Miller Lite, cool myself down, take a beat, and realize there are more important things, like the great taste of Miller Lite, less filling, and only 96 calories, the original light beer since 1975. You remember all those old John Madden ads? I still view them on YouTube occasionally. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Dan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs in premium regular
2: beer. Don Lebertard. He's like, I mean, he needs a wheelbarrow like Mike McDaniel, this dog. Um, <laughs> got a pair? Really? Got a pair. <laughs> Man, does he get a pair. <laughs> My granddaughter sees his schlong. What says, talking
0: says,
3: is, says, It
2: talking about? And says, what's you that? Know, oh, she does no, she doesn't. There it There it is. My granddaughter there. saw okay. his schlong right, in the enough. kitchen. All and right, she said, what is right, that? What right. is this, a game that's of clue? Okay. What is doing in the kitchen? I said, enough. that's what he
3: needs. How else am I going to explain?
2: Stugatz. It was a little extended. I don't know why he was so excited. All right, very good. No! Can we what ble- happened can I take there? this out? <laughs> it is a baby. Anyway, he ate my couch. This is the Don Lebatar Show with the Stugats.
3: I enjoyed a Kid Rock concert at the Fillmore like 15 years ago.
4: You can enjoy their music. You can find people unctuous and disagree with them politically. I'm just
3: saying the world has changed a lot since then.
4: I mean, it has. But, you know, like, they, they found their lane. This is also in part business decision to kind of pivot so hard into one way. And and the right, like, they've shown their loyalty. You can't really question their loyalty. They've gone through just about anything Um, with their cult of personality leader of their movement so far, and it's kind of expected for you to support these people to no end. Anyone that ideologically aligns with you, you you find a kinship and you support them. And this is not unique. As somebody who's
1: gone to a handful of country concerts in recent years, they generally end with the crowd chanting, let's go Brandon, as we walk out. Like, this is not, (laughs) generally, there's this certain type of music, uh, I don't agree with a lot, like these chants politically, but you end up in them. It's like, what we're gonna get at this concert is not gonna be different that we're getting at a lot of country concerts. I love the idea of like
0: a slow pan from a fan of the show finding you in an audience where there's a "Let's Go Brandon" chant happening, yeah. just yeah. panning to your <laughs> face. Like, uh oh, what am I in the middle let's, of right uh, now? Let's
3: put up on the screen the three hundred ninety nine dollar Trump shoes here that uh, made an appearance at Sneaker Con this weekend. A bit of a, a bit of a surprise. I, uh, I also want to play some sound here of Stephen Colbert because. All of this being normalized when we're talking about hundreds of million-dollar judgments being something that feel like they hurt him more than felony counts all over the place because his last move is to make sure the topple democracy and get as much money as he can because you really are in a position where his lawyers can't believe they're going to ever get paid. So he's got to get the money to them up front, and it's just— what an amazing grift to see working in front of people. But here's Colbert trying to fight with, with liberal voice. Colbert is trying to do the right things, and he's just going crazy.
1: I know. I know how numb we've become. But it's not normal. No other candidate for the presidency has ever had to pause his campaign to defend himself in multiple courts. And I would like to point out that in all seven of his cases, no one, no one doubts that he did these things. We're just sitting around patiently waiting to find out if the wheels of justice will grind fast enough for there to be any consequences. And the media is covering it like it's any other political story. Like it's all horse race. Triggered. He stole Mad Dog's move there. Let me get close to the camera and then back up.
3: (laughs) He took off his glasses and backed off from the camera and it is madness. It, it, it It is making even the comedians literally mad and... And sound mad because it's not, any way, it's not in any way normal to have sneaker con sneakers for $399 to pay for some of the lawyer fees.
0: First Trump copies all the other dictators, then he copies LeVar Ball. I mean, please.
3: It'll work, though. Yeah, no, yeah both has. of them, unfortunately. Already Man has. Up. No, LeVar didn't work. LeVar did not work.
4: I think it's a pretty poignant what he said, what Colbert said at the end. Like, you're just hopeful that the wheels of justice will turn in time for a punitive measure to... Kind of save us from ourselves because none of these judgments matter it's crazy when you get an entire group of people to just buy in that anything that is held against me is because this very clear agenda it is all just some major deep state uh, deep state conspiracy to stop me from getting to where i need to be to enact our agenda these aren't like he, that's a free and fair trial that he makes a mockery of. He doesn't do himself any favors when he storms out, but he was found guilty in that civil suit of disparaging someone's character who accused him of sexual assault. He was found guilty in the state of New York for committing fraud. These are juries of his peers, but they'll just believe that there is some deep state conspiracy and that he didn't actually do. Tony
3: likes the sneakers. Tony likes the sneakers. No, because on our preview,
5: if you could put up what we had on our preview, um, the Trump sneakers are being held by a guy that I follow. His name is Roman Sharp. He's like a watch dealer and incredible... Like, I was like, a, oh, I know that guy? That's- yeah, I know that guy. I was like, oh, damn, that's Roman Sharp. He's like, a. <laughs> you look like you love the sneakers. No, I would never wear those in a million years, but I like Roman Sharp. What's wrong that with that the guy sneakers? guy paid a lot of money for those sneakers. They're, they're too chunky. The gold is gaudy. Um, they're like between like want to be like high top pumas but also trying to be like Jordan once but they're too
3: thick typical Trump it's just it's just not, not ornate it might, just have, it might as well the have the thickest shoes
5: yeah <laughs> that's they're they're tad thick for me we're out of the chunky era by the way we're
4: trying they, to move they, on
3: they should have jewels on them a big T fake jewels that uh, end up being Is Roman
4: nightmare. Scharf the, the dude that they accuse of being a Russian oligarch because I saw like a bunch of headlines Daily Mail being on, one of them that a Russian or- oligarch Bit on oh, these that, shoes. That
3: might be yes, it might and be. And he the came same out and guy. said, Guys,
4: I was actually I actually am a political refugee. I came from Ukraine. I yeah. <laughs> he's he's former kind of serviceman.
5: A very, very wealthy guy and sells watches, but like, you know, if you're part of the watch game, you're selling 50, 60, 70, 200,000 thousand, two hundred thousand million dollar timepieces, it's hard to move that kind of inventory if you don't have very rich friends.
3: Uh, When did you become a high-end watch dealer expert?
5: (laughs) uh, This is something that I I love. I'm very passionate about watches, and Roman Uh Scharf is one of the guys who's doing top content within the watch community. How's your collection? It's
3: growing. I I work here, so it's growing. Uh, uh, Greg Cody, I want to ask you something. I want to ask if the group has noticed this, because I've been derailed a couple of times by Greg Cody just being um, the maximum rock star. Uh, Just temptation has... Filled his soul. And so I never finished the story of why and how you came in with that hat from Mas Las Vegas that you said you were stealing from our company because your housekeeper had stolen yours. We started a segment that way and never got the finish on it because I've had to kick you out a couple of times since then.
2: Yeah. Um, Guillermo, if you're listening, uh, I corrected me. You didn't steal it. I mean, I gave it to you. But you, you basically liked the hat. I had taken one from Las Vegas and I gave it to him because he basically came to me in the kitchen holding the hat saying is there any way I can get one of these or words of that effect? It's a good hat. It's a, it's a good hat. Yeah. I'm not a a hat person but if I wore I would wear it's this. The pointy head, right? Uh yeah. Nice know, hat. My hat's my head's too small to uh to not look like I'm swimming okay, under hats. Okay, hat.
3: but the, but so he stole it or he didn't steal it. Why are you walking around with? Why are you? Why are you stealing it from our company because you gave it to your housekeeper who you then accused of stealing?
2: I saw a stack of hats, a parade of hats. I took one, as one would do. Yeah, that kind of thing. You know, I feel I'm entitled to it. You know, I contribute. I'm a contributor, and so forth.
3: Because you are uh, one of the largest local critics of all things Lionel Messi. not We have not had a lot of local criticism of anything Messi related. Right. You have been someone somehow who, have been, who has been a vocal critic... Uh, Messi is, for those of you who haven't been following this because we haven't talked about this, Hong Kong and portions of China are furious with Mm -hmm. Messi because he played in exhibitions after being there and they thought he was healthy and they didn't understand why he didn't play before them. And so he's got a legitimate Chinese, he's got a legitimate Hong Kong controversy. Yeah. On his hands, and now he comes to Miami with what you and Mike are saying, and this is dangerous for this franchise that has never done anything important or winning until Messi got yeah. here. Like this franchise has been irrelevant the entire time. Yep. it has been uh, in they're town about four years old. So
2: okay. I know, but until Messi, they they had done nothing. But that's really
3: fast for you guys to go from that to what I imagine is going to be a spectacle later this week and the opening of a season that you guys are telling me is championship or bust. And I'm like, really? We're going to do that just because they want because they they went from last place to looking really respectable because they got somehow the best of Messi. They last did
4: end up finishing close to last place in their conference last year, but I think w- where the disconnect is, you hear championship or bust, and you're applying your your tiny American sports brain to it. There's four opportunities for them to bring home hardware. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, they got to win one of them.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that, in a way, though, that's part of the problem, right? In in the middle of MLS season when you're playing Leagues Cup matches, when you're playing U.S. Open Cup matches, and you're splitting... That's
4: up in the air, actually.
2: Okay, but but your top four players are all like 36, 37 years old... It's difficult. Like you're going to have to rest Messi. It is, more and also than you'd like.
4: and also to have a roster that is compliant with the MLS, and they've had big time injuries to some younger players throughout this preseason. I think if you look over their last their their track record over the last 15 matches, be it exhibitions or end of the season meaningless games, it's not good. Right. They they've played one really good month of soccer. And it was Messi's first month where they won the the League's Cup trophy, which actually felt like an achievement. And you've seen MLS prioritize that over the oldest trophy in American competitive uh, sports right now. What's happening with the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup trophy is fascinating because MLS decided to pull their top teams out of this competition because the money's not worth it they get more money for league's cup but you have all this tradition soccer fans hate what's happening but the us soccer federation is so tied to the hip of mls that if mls says we're not making enough money and no one contributes more money to us soccer federation than us they have to they're 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 at the will of the mls here so there's a pretty fascinating thing going on with that cup competition but miami has four different opportunities the mls league season which because of how mainstream sports fans work, and I just use Sue Gotts and Billy as an example, when they're confused as to how someone wins League Cup, because they they Google the standings and they realize that Inter Miami's is at the bottom of that. I think the one that matters the most is the MLS Cup, followed probably by League's Cup. When you consider the resources that uh, that. Apple has put behind it, and that's just a, a, a competition that was created last year. You have CONCACAF Champions League, which now is going by a different name. I feel
3: like you've lost both Chris Cody and Tony. So I'm following it. I know what he's talking about. There's four cups. There's four, four
4: opportunities presently. Again, I, I spoke to the ambiguity surrounding right. the U.S. Open Cup, right. but there's four opportunities for them to win hardware this season. But well,
5: which one matters the most, I guess is my point. MLS I guess, Cup.
4: I guess MLS Cup because yeah. whenever you try to speak to a fan about how Miami because is doing idiots. this season, right, right. MLS they'll Cup, Google right. standings and they'll see that
5: Miami is not... What, MLS Cup number one, League, League Cup, League Cup number two. So if you win League Cup, it's like, oh great, we won it, but like it doesn't really matter. If
4: if you want to go like in true scope because there is a Club World Cup coming to this country that that is replacing a Confederations Cup, <laughs> you should honestly try to prioritize right, CONCACAF, Concacaf is, Champions League because this, it gives you an opportunity the to be, world Cup. There is, there is an opportunity to club be world called cup? the best club in the world, and okay. the only way to play you yourself mean? into that competition is by winning CONCACAF. Yeah. Right. So the, the third course. most Con- important is
3: the most important. Calf. Okay, I would, I would concede that. And yeah. then, yes. World Cup. <laughs> what is it? What is the success, Greg?
2: If they don't win the MLS Cup on it's a the, team the with one. Lionel Messi, the, the first. One. No, that's no, the number one. The league cup second. If they don't win the MLS Cup this season. With the only full year of Lionel Messi, that's the starting point they have to win. And because there are so many different competitions, there are so many matches that they will have to play with an old team. This is the new team. and unimproved
4: and Levatore show that's with the, the reason why. Gamble on by DraftKings.
5: Have you ever wondered if Chet Holmgren might be a descendant of Abraham Lincoln? Or if a UFC fighter could beat an alien in a fight? You might have not, and that's okay. I probably have thought about the UFC one to be honest, but Shay Serrano and Jason Concepcion from the six trophies podcast have, if you love basketball and more importantly, if you love fun, you got to listen to six trophies where Jason and Shay serve up the biggest moments from all around the NBA with their brand of unbridled joy, banter and pop culture side quests each week. They hand out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Stuff like the Denzel Washington and Training Day trophy given out to the player or team having the best week around the NBA or the Lauren Hill. You might win some, but you just lost one trophy for the team or player that just can't get it together. Plus a bunch more trophies for all the good, bad, or just plain head scratching moments from all around the NBA. This playoff season, you want to make six trophies, your go-to companion podcast. Follow six trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
2: You ready?
4: Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy.
2: What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
3: Elevated everything the weekend was because we missed football in general so very much.
0: You didn't watch the ending of UTEP Jacksonville State. It was awesome. A
4: dizzy <laughs> Boom. Mm-hmm.
3: Stugatz. It's <laughs> such a lane for you. Just everything in college football is awesome. It Any is. single thing that happens, she gets deliriously happy about. Don't it's you miss
5: single. viewing sports through that,
1: that yeah. prism, though? Yeah. Like, I'm envious of Lucy. Like, I wish that I could
0: still be happy. This is the Don Lebatar Show with the Stugatz. <laughs>
2: Let me start it off here. ...match uh, preseason tour, which I call preseason torment, Never mind, because it's him. ridiculous that they put their players through all that great, let alone the, the nightmare that, that happened in Hong Kong and the ensuing controversy, which Messi has to go on uh, his, uh, he's big in, in the Far East, <laughs> he has to go on this channel and apologize, saying, no, I was really sick, I, it wasn't for political reasons. And we're back. It's a nightmare.
4: He uh, he's had to apologize to a lot of oppressive governments for a guy that hasn't said much throughout his career, never said anything. <laughs> he, he never says and, and anything, he is hated because of his lack of participation in some of these friendlies, right. friendlies are probably shouldn't have been scheduled. Well, he's apologized to the U S government.
3: I want to backtrack for just a second here because, uh, Mike Ryan, you were not finished with your point, but. Uh, in the transition on executive producers, uh, you wanted the segment to keep going, and Chris Cody just ram railed his father into the hard network out because you wanted to extend. Uh, You weren't done talking, and neither was Greg Cody. We found a Greg Cody wheelhouse, something that he's super passionate about, and we got caught in the weeds of whether you want to win the third trophy or the fourth trophy or the first trophy.
4: What I was trying to avoid was a second segment on soccer. As much as I am passionate about the sport, I understand what the audience wants and what what our aptitude is for these things. So I just wanted to extend that rather than what happened, which is us starting a second segment about soccer. When you're out, you're out.
2: I think it's a fascinating story because Inner miami in a way, is in a no-win situation. They are uh, Lionel Messi is a money tree for them, and they are squeezing it for all it's worth, which is why they went on that seven, five-nation preseason tour— which I thought Mike, was on so-
3: soccer or not soccer. I mean, come on, this is the biggest athlete in the world and he's playing in Miami and it's a, it's not a small deal and that there would be a season of expectations. I understand, but the season is coming up I right understand,
4: now. And, and everyone kind of agrees messy, huge star. And that is a traditional sports take. They have to win something. Otherwise this season is a failure. And it's hard to explain to an audience that there's four opportunities to win something. And when most of that audience only cares about one that whether it's accurate or not to actually put that as the top priority, that's what they end up Googling. It's a really difficult is, thing to explain. This
3: is how it starts, though. Like, you, if you, you want people to have your Premier League knowledge, you want people to know, bring in something from Europe. And if you want to actually grow the sport here with multi-generations, multi-cultures... Uh, it starts by sort of explaining this, getting frustrated because you know more than the people who are gathering around just because they got the famous guy. I don't.
4: I don't think I t- talk anybody into liking the sport um, by over-explaining these things. I want. It would be a dream for us to be where we probably should be as a host nation in 2026 for the World Cup, and I've got so many eggs in that basket, hoping that the way that we talk about these things right now, it's difficult to connect with Joe sports fan. When Joe sports fan watches the, the daytime sports programs on the, the worldwide leaders, and they all kind of handle the soccer discussion the exact same way. if, If the talents aren't going to take their prep for it seriously, then why should I? And I do think that we're missing a major opportunity here. The World Cup isn't some niche thing. We saw the numbers for the Super Bowl, and I'm sure you've seen this graphic go viral, about 123 million people watching the Super Bowl compared to over a billion for the World Cup. 2026 is not some novelty. There's seven World Cup matches happening in this city alone. It is a massive opportunity. It is a massive boom for our economy, and it's and we're just beginning. There is a years long ramp up to the World Cup, and I kind of get frustrated in that. I see the people, the the uh, the conversation starters, the needle movers in this industry, and they're really only capable of talking to sports. And I really hope. That we send people like Stephen A and, and Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wolbond, provided that they're still doing this, then to some kind of boot camp. Like the inside the NBA people go to a two day long. March Madness Boot Camp, where they learn things like the two guards name from Quinnipiac.
3: Well, this is this is so interesting, Mike, when you talk about this, because I got to wondering about this in the hostility toward the All-Star Game. I wonder if people have sort of calculated the damage that we've done over the last 20 years in the discourse around that league around the NBA, that turns that into the travesty it became where it's a bunch of consternation, at least in part, because there have been only two sports that the big networks have cared about for the last 15 years. They made basketball, the, the way that we talk about basketball has knocked baseball out of the way, and hockey's been dying to be talked about this way and finally is. like now, hockey's Hockey's having a media resurgence in that you have a lot of smart people that aren't storming out of the all-star game like Bob Ryan, who are loving what they're seeing from hockey. You do need a certain media literacy here, and it is fair to say I'm guilty of it. I've been guilty of it. All I was talking about on television there was football and basketball, and I, I did like talking baseball, but generally we didn't do that. We had partnerships with football and basketball, and so that's where we spent all of our time, spent selling football and basketball. I think that's one of the corrosive things that people haven't noticed industry-wide. Once you get into these partnerships and you have rights with these teams, then you become the infomercial broadcaster. Controversies are not for that league. The NHL suffered from not being on ESPN for all those
4: years. It, it's I don't know how you get to the point where soccer talk is entertaining because I think we know that the stories that, that have captivated recently, but there is so much background knowledge that you need to get to that it's really difficult i've struggled doing it, and i'm not of a talent the like Stephen a smith but to explain to your audience an entire backstory inside of 30 seconds to actually get to the uh, the meat of a conversation i don't know if it's possible i just think you need to infuse the daytime sports programming talent base with people that are capable of doing this younger generations if you listen to podcasts like part of my take they're not Soccer agnostic. They don't say how boring this is, and who wants to see a nil-nil draw? They don't really
1: talk about it, though.
4: No, but they but they don't ignore. They don't talk about it in a way that is off-putting either. There is a no, they don't ignore it, especially if there's like a big look. For one beautiful day in November, everybody in, in December of last year, we were all soccer fans because that World Cup was one of the great. That World Cup final was one of the greatest sporting spectacles we'd ever seen. I do hope that there is an infusion of sports talent that can talk about the NFL and the NBA, but also not show their ass on soccer, so we can talk about this and really build to something special.
2: And and I, I would add that one of the seven matches Hard Rock Stadium is going to host in 26 is a quarterfinal match. That's when it gets really serious. You're down to the final eight teams. That's going to be huge globally. That That's a Super Bowl. A quarterfinal World Cup match, that's enormous. It's going to be one of the biggest events ever in South Florida history. Soccer in the United States, okay. it's dead. There it is, ladies and Done. gentlemen. Done. Okay. See ya. So four cups.
5: Yeah. yeah, this was what I was trying to Do you want to win the Club World Cup? Is that one super important? Because it's got World Cup in it. Okay. Right? Uh, yeah, that's a new competition. That's a big one. That's a big one. Well, it's an expanded version of an older competition. But different than CONCACAF.
3: CONCACAF okay. is a it's just
5: a regional. Regional one. Okay. Yeah.
3: Ladies and gentlemen. Okay. League Cup. I yeah.
5: wanted uh, to... That's just MLS and League and then, and then Oh, Liga MX. That's right. It's kind of Battle of North mm-hmm. America. Okay. See ya. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then MLS Cup is the big one. To Did football.
3: you guys see what happened with Anthony Rendon? We keep talking about Anthony Rendon as uh, sort of the spot where baseball salaries exploded and everybody got confused, where everybody was worth a Giancarlo Stanton contract, including Anthony Rendon going from the champion Washington Nationals to the Anaheim Angels. And since then, not playing very many games. And now, as he enters spring training, throwing out the quote for the masses that is in the same place where people get mad at basketball players for not caring enough about the All-Star game, Anthony Rendon shows up to spring training after his off-season quote. The only off-season quote he had that anyone paid attention to was him saying the season's too long, when he's been too hurt to play in any of the games. And he's not wrong. The season is too long. But now he's put his name as a symbol for something on the quote, baseball's not my priority in life. And then he clarifies with faith and family is. But everyone's noticing the first part of that, because of who he is and how much he makes, and they don't care so much about the second part of that, which they would agree with, right? Many faith and family people would say, well, baseball shouldn't be his priority. But he is making so much money that Anthony Rendon now being quoted as saying baseball's not a priority for me is the aggregated headline that would make Anthony Rendon hate the media.
0: Right, quote, wrong voice for it. It's cool to prioritize the things in your life over your job. I show up here, man. I make money. This is my job. Not the right guy to be saying that Uh, after uh, this uh, particular uh,
3: offseason. Everyone can say that because the answer is uh, no, Rendon. God is not more important than that third inning at bat for Anaheim. (laughs) Well, if you ask certain people in Anaheim. Your kids are not as important as game 112 of Anaheim season. They're sub-500 again, and their ERA as a staff is seven.
0: I mean, there are fans that get mad when players miss because of the birth of a child. So, you know.
3: Well, but I, that's stupid. That happened this year in a Bengals game. Right, it happens. An, an offensive lineman for the Bengals played in a 38-11 loss and FaceTimed his wife, who should rip the shit out of him for not having the right priority. Like, what are you doing? That's absolutely what right. What are you doing? That if you're going to do hands. that, you got to do that when you're playing for the Chiefs, not for an ing- an injured Bengals team that Joe Burrow's not on. If Burrow's healthy, then you think about it.
0: Rendon's played 200 of a possible 546 games for the Angels. Not he's, the right messenger. He's a
3: terrible messenger. I can't think of a worse one. But... It's not a controversial thing to say that God and family are more important than baseball. Yeah,
2: you almost have to, even if you don't believe it. He's the. What do you mean? I mean, it's just something you say. You know, God, family, and fo- you know, Kind of like family. I miss my wife, yeah. yeah. God, you know, family, just, and football? Except Greg
0: Cody, he doesn't
1: say That's that.
2: That's the quote, though. I ben. have that sign there. hanging up in my house. Yeah. God, family, and football. There's certain things you have to say, even if you don't Well, what is them.
4: the thing that you're saying, though? God, family, 7-1 college football seasons. See, I actually disagree
0: with Greg. I think if you're a player who's coming into a new season, you're at spring training, they're asking you what your top priority is. My top priority this offseason was getting into the best shape that I could. It was really improving my game. I want to make sure that I'm available to my teammates. I want to make sure that I'm out here fulfilling what my contract is all about. That was my top priority this offseason, improving my game and being available to my
2: teammates. Okay, And then the headline is Smith uh, blames family, God for obsession with football. Family, God. That's right.
3: Just to be clear, incidentally, Greg Cody laughed in the face and continues to laugh in the face of one Ron McGill, who has been honored locally, uh, a Hall of Fame during one of the breaks. He says it's like Jiffy Lube having a Hall of Fame. He's just shouting at whoever uh, will listen. Uh, but just for the record, here is some sound of Greg Cody enjoying the sound of his own voice, introducing batters in the minor league oh, game no. at Greg Cody Day. To the
2: plate, number 13, Yeltsin and Car- <laughs> and Car- <laughs> In, Cursi- in
3: Greg Cody Day. It was in Fort Myers. We talked about it for weeks. <laughs> event.
2: Number 13, Yeltsin and Car- <laughs> I think it was misspelled on the sheet I was reading from. There was a Marlin no with no the last name in Cursion. It's
3: shocking how little of Miami you've absorbed in all the years you've in lived there. Hey, it's Mike Ryan.
4: I've been watching sports for a long time now. As an adult, a lot has changed. A lot has changed since I turned 21 in the world. But once I was able to enjoy sports with the wonderful taste of Miller Lite, I knew that there was no topping this. I mean, I think back then, instant replay was barely used in other sports outside of football. So, when I wanted to complain about referees, I would get all mad, and then I would take a sip of that Miller Lite, cool myself down, take a beat, and realize there are more important things, like the great taste of Miller Lite, less filling, and only 96 calories, the original light beer since 1975. You remember all those old John Madden ads? I still view them on YouTube occasionally. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Dan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs in premium regular beer. For the ones
0: who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts.